Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Even seeing some, seeing some old faces, seeing some new faces, actually seeing some faces. How many of us know when, when we watch on Wednesdays, to be honest, all we see, really, we see the back of Adrian's head because that's where, that's where the camera's lined up. So I see you every Wednesday. You might not see me, but I see you every Wednesday. Amen. So it's good to be back in the house of the Lord in this place. This place is obviously very special to us. Uh, Pastor and Miss Carla want to send a greeting to everybody. They'll be, they were gone for a couple days. They'll be back before service on Sunday. They went out of town. And again, I can't say how thankful I am to be back. I want to make sure my, the timer is on so I can be invited back. <laughs> Amen. But I did text Pastor before. I said, man, it feels, feels good to be back. I'm going to try to get out of here quick so I don't get too comfortable. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because if you see me on Sunday, you're going to think something's wrong. <laughs> so as we get ready to open up this service in prayer, one of the things I want to, I want to preach on tonight as we get into it, I think it's something that every single believer, myself included, is something that we can be challenged on if we want to grow in our walk. One of the biggest lies in Christianity we see that is, is when you get saved that problems go away. And, and, and how many? And there's people who, who tried it out. Maybe they've been going through some things. They're like, you know what? I'm at rock bottom. I want to give Jesus a chance. And then something comes up, and they're just like, okay, I'm going to say one prayer, and all my problems need to be solved. How many of us know? How many of us have been in it long enough that we realize it doesn't really work like that? We don't, we don't serve a genie that we can just rub, and we get whatever we want. Amen? So we see that as believers, between believers, non-believers, we're all going to have problems that come about. We're all going to have a, maybe a death in the family. Maybe we're all going to have a financial problem. Maybe we'll have a, a marital struggle. Maybe we'll have a, a physical health issue. Maybe it could be a, a mental health issue, whatever the case may be. But the difference between the believers is we know how to cope with that. We know how to get out of that. We know how to walk in victory. Amen. How many people have walked in victory in this place? Amen. And if you haven't, You'll learn how to by the time you leave. Amen? Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want to open up to Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. Amen. Just know in Denton, Texas, you all are blessed. I, joke, I joked with, with joy after a couple services. Things have been going so quick in Garland. I talked to Braden before service, and he was like, man, doesn't it feel like you were just here? And I was like, no, it feels like it was like six months ago. Everything's been happening so fast. I think last service was our 12th service that we had. I remember it was probably a month and a half after conference, and I was like, Pastor, we've already had like four, five, six services. Everything's been going so quick, but you guys are blessed because you guys have one, two, three, multiple screens, <laughs> and they're even. You don't have to adjust it. You, got, you guys are blessed in this place, amen? I told Joy, I said, man, one of these days we're going to get back to Denton to go back to that mega church. <laughs> amen? That's just a joke. That's just a joke. That's just a joke. Amen? So if you have your Bibles with you, we'll open up to Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, 
against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And let's leave that up there for a second. So if you look at that, how many believers are still stuck on the flesh and blood? How many believers, we have a situation and it's like, man, Lord, I'm, I'm praying for that person or this person did this and Lord, this person's hard to deal with. But the Bible tells us we're not even supposed to be wrestling against flesh and blood. So there's no way we're going to be able to deal with the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness the way the Lord wants us to if we're still stuck on flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. So how do, how do we get, get past the, the flesh and blood part? A lot of times we, you hear pastors say that you, you don't want to die on the wrong battlefield. So, so many times people are, they can't get a breakthrough because they're still stuck on the flesh and blood. And I did a little research and I shared this with our church in Garland, that growing up I wasn't a big researcher, but I did a little research on eagles. And how many of us know eagles, they actually attack snakes, at least some eagles. So it says the eagle does not fight the snake on the ground. It picks it up into the sky and changes the battleground. And then it releases the snake into the sky. It says the snake has no stamina, no power, no balance in the air. It is useless, weak, and vulnerable. Unlike on the ground where it's more powerful and deadly. How many of us know that when we look at things in the natural, when we look at things from a carnal mind, that's where the devil wants us to be. God wants us to look at the spiritual. And it says if we take our fight to the spiritual realm by praying, when we're in the spiritual realm, that's when God can take over our battles. It says, don't fight the enemy in his comfort zone. Change the battleground like the eagle and let God take charge through our prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for an opportunity to hear your word. Lord God, I pray that you will arrest the mind of each and every soul in this place. Lord, I pray that we will use your word, Lord God. We will really take it in to grow, to learn, and to be changed, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit that is in this place. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said... Amen. Amen. How many of us know that we have a real enemy? And I want us to leave that Ephesians 6 verse 12 verse back up there. We have a real enemy, an enemy that affects what we watch, what we listen to. A lot of times you hear people talking about, man, society's changing and they're taking prayer out of the schools. And, and you have some people who are praying that this principle will wake up or this school board will wake up and it, it's bigger than that it says we fight spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places and if we're going to fight a spiritual battle we have to be in the spirit and the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ is he didn't just leave us alone he didn't just say hey you got to fight this battle in the spirit good luck I'll see y'all later he gave, he gave us his spirit. He gave us his name. A lot of times we hear there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. We take authority in the name of Jesus, and we hear that, and it's like, man, that sounds good. What does that really mean? Man, it, sound, it, sound, it sounds like it's something that can change my life, but I can't really explain what that means. And so today we're going to break down, tonight we're going to break down, what does that mean that there's power in the name of Jesus, and how can we tap in to that power? Amen. How many of us know that when we pray, we, we have the opportunity to pray in authority? There's authority in the name of Jesus. But how many of us, we pray, we pray on the defensive. We, we, we wait for the problem to already happen, and now it's like, Lord, 
touch my child. Lord, do this. How about we bind the devil before the problem even happens? Amen. When you take authority in the name of Jesus, we're not supposed to be walking with our head down. We're not supposed to be, oh, Lord, I got a, I got a problem with my wife today. Touch her. She's crazy. That, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, devil, I bind every attack of the enemy against my marriage. I bind any spirit of division. I bind any spirit of, of rebellion. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to say, when the rebellion comes, let's bind it. And by then, we're already, we're already in the battle. How many of us know that when we're in the spirit and we have discernment, we got the heads up? We don't have to wait till the devil already starts swinging. Amen? If you have your Bibles with you, we'll, we'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. See, we got, we got some veterans in this place. I like that. We say, get your Bibles with you. The Bibles are opening up. In Garland, we just say, hey, get your Bible app, and let's see who's first. <laughs> Amen. Now, we got some people who are pretty quick in Garland with that Bible app. We did have one Sunday where the Bible app people got beat by the Bible people. The, the, there's no excuse not to be there quick on the Bible app. <laughs> Amen. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, it's talking about the enemy. It says, whose minds the God of this age, which is Satan, and from, a, I believe this is a different translation that I have. I'll read this one. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And, and how many of us as believers, we're, we're on the wrong battlefield because we're fighting against so-and-so or we're fighting against this situation when we didn't even understand that, no, we're supposed to be attacking and binding the enemy, the devil, the spirits that are at hand. And how many of us know that when, when we look at the world, maybe we see somebody we know, maybe it's a relative, and we're just like, man, they, they just don't get it. I'm going to just keep praying for them. Well, what are your prayers like? Are your prayers like, God, I just pray one day he just wakes up and changes? Or are you praying that, Lord, I pray that you will open their eyes? Because, you know, the enemy, it says the enemy has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. The world is just thinking about, man, I'm just trying to make some money, provide for my family, and keep it moving. They're not thinking about eternity. So when, when we're praying for their spirit, we know that they're blinded. We know, we know that at one time we were blinded. And we're supposed to be praying that, God, you will open up their eyes. And why can we pray that? Because we have authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're going to get into that even more. So like I said, I don't want to get booted out of here. So I'm going to keep it short and to the point. So we'll go to Acts chapter 4. Don't, don't get there for now for time, but just, just get there and I'll tell you the verse later. But how many of us know that I keep reiterating it, and, and you're going to see it as the night goes on. We can, we can really take authority in the name of Jesus Christ because there's something different. I remember one time I was outreaching in, in Garland, and I met a guy who he said he was an atheist. And so I, I let him talk for a little bit, and then he had to hear me talk. And I said, you don't think there's something about the name of Jesus that that's the only name that, that you hear people try to use as a cuss word? You never hear people get mad and say, oh, Buddha, oh, Muhammad, oh, whoever. And he said, man, that's just a figure of speech. That's just how people talk. 
I said, oh, okay. I said, uh, do you ever get mad and, and use your mom's name in vain? And he was like, yeah. I was like, when? And he was like, uh, well, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just a figure of speech. So it's like he already got caught in a lie within three seconds because at the end of the day, conviction will slap you in the face. And some people look the other way. And so just from that itself, man, what is it about this name that I've seen there was, a, there was an NBA player. I don't know if he's still in the NBA or not. His name was Jonathan Isaac. He played on the Orlando Magic. And during that time, all the BLM stuff and the, all kinds of craziness that was going on and let's stand, let's kneel, let's don't kneel, let's do a little bit of both. He, he just said, you know what, I'm standing for Jesus Christ. And he had a whole speech about everything, and it was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And when you look, when they put it on ESPN, it was chopped, it was cut, it was, if you didn't see the whole thing, you wouldn't even know what he was talking about. But what, what is so different about that name of Jesus that we just can't broadcast it for the world to hear? I've heard it said that when, when, you, when, you, when you look at money, for example, like you, there's counterfeit $100 bills. They look at it in the light. They, they do the little marker thing. I don't even know if they're really paying attention, but they do that. But you don't, you don't ever see the fake $27 bill because you don't have to you don't fake something that's already fake. And so when you look at the name of Jesus, why, why, do, why is his name twisted all the time? There has to be something behind that, that there's no other name that gets twisted. And so if we go to Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, I want to share a quick story about the boldness that you can have in the name of Jesus. I remember I shared one time in Garland, just about, we, we preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we, and we, and we talked about how, how Peter, Peter had the boldness that when they came to arrest Jesus, he, he chopped one of the soldiers' ears off. And maybe I should have rephrased it, because we had a lot of little kids that day, and, and Bree was there. He chopped his ear off, and I was just like, we'll talk about that later. So... He had the boldness. He didn't care what was going to happen. He chopped the ear off. Jesus had to heal it. And then just moments later, he was so scared, he denied Jesus to everyone. He denied Jesus to a teenage girl. But there was something that changed in him when he had boldness and he got a revelation that there's power in the name of Jesus. That Peter got to the point when he realized there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't care what this world can throw at me. I'll be crucified upside down. That's the point that Peter got to. He wasn't scared anymore. So we're not supposed to be scared of our problems. We're not supposed to be scared when we look at the account and it's like, oh, Lord, do you know my mortgage is, is coming up? We're not supposed to be scared when you have a child like we did that, that was born and she wasn't breathing and, and they weren't sure if she was going to walk. They weren't sure if she was going to make it. They're, you're not supposed to be scared. Can you have a moment where it's, man, what's going to happen? But it should only be a short moment. It should never be, Lord, what's going to happen? Oh, Lord, here, let me, let me call pastor. No, we have the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are saved and you are a blood-bought believer in this place, you have that access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? You don't, you don't have to go to Bible school to take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so at this time... 
the council, they grabbed Peter and, and I believe John, and they said, hey, 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 you guys are affecting too many people. I don't want to hear anything about this name of Jesus. But they couldn't make too big of a spectacle because a miracle was done, and all the people saw the miracle. So if they just made too much of it, a riot would have started. So these are Peter's words. He said, let it be known to you all, Peter, who found the boldness. He says, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this, th this man stands here before you whole. It says, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And we can leave it there. So when you think, man, what, why is there power? That's one reason right there. There's salvation in no other name than in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we continue, we'll go to Philippians chapter 2. Say amen when you get there. If not, just catch up. We won't leave you. If I'm going ahead, if I'm going too fast for you, let me know. Amen. I heard one amen. I heard two amens. We're good to go. It says, therefore, God has also, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. We go back. Did it say it's the name which is given above some names, a couple names, politically correct names? If I, the name above every name, unless my job is at risk, it doesn't say that. Oh, okay. Well, let's keep going then. It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. So we know, you think about how, well, how are people going to bow under the earth? That means when it comes to judgment day, every knee will bow, those who believed and did not believe. How many smart people do we have in here? I asked that the other day, and not everybody raised their hand. That's okay. That's okay. How many people are, don't consider themselves that smart? It's just me. Let's go. How many people don't consider yourself smart at all? How the two brothers put their hand up? I know, I know the Owens young men are smart. Hey, man, you got to be smart to play the drums. I couldn't even, I wouldn't even have a clue. So... Everybody in here is a smart person, at least wants to be a smart person. So if we all got to bow our knee to Jesus, I'd rather do it on this side of heaven. And then on the other side of heaven, I'm giving him a hug. That, that makes sense to me, right? So as we continue, it says in verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So he is the name above all names. And so maybe you're still in this place, okay, he's salvation, he's the name above all names, but is there more? And, and I love to dig deeper. It's easier to explain to people who have questions. So back in Genesis, maybe some of you guys know the story. There's a, there's a man named Adam, there's a lady named Eve. She tricked him. <laughs> she, she convinced him. You know how that goes sometimes. How many, how many men have been in this place that have been tricked a couple of times? Don't, don't put your hand up. 
Don't put your hand up. Don't put your hand up. Because there's power in the name of Jesus, but we might have to be here all night if you raise a hand for that one. Amen? So she, she did something. She did something. He, he wasn't really sure. It, we're not here to point fingers. But something happened back then. Amen? And so because something happened, there had to be judgment. So this is after that something happened. After they ate the forbidden fruit. So in Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, it says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, this is the devil, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity, and maybe if you're not sure, enmity, it's, it's another word for tension, conflict, between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. Notice her seed, the seed in that is capitalized. So that's not just any, any man. And, it, and if you think about it, and if anybody paid attention in biology, and I wasn't always that one, but usually the man surprised the, the seed, the sperm, and all that. So it's kind of like, well, how does, how is it her seed? It says, he, speaking of Jesus, shall bruise your head, talking to Satan, and you shall bruise, or he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel, Satan bruising the heel of Jesus. So when you read that, that's one of those things where, okay, I'm not really sure what that means, but I love Jesus and I keep going. We're going to break down what that really means. Amen. How many of us want to know the real meaning of stuff? You don't want to just take someone's word for it. You want to see what the word of God says. So if we go to Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 31, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb, they're talking to Mary, and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. We continue in 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? So that goes back to the same seed. How could she have a seed if there was no husband, there was no intercourse, there was nothing that happened? And continue, it says, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Amen? So if we go back to Genesis 15 and we see that there will be tension between the enemy and, and the woman, and it says, between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. So that shows you the enemy's always going to be attacking. He's going to, Jesus was crucified on the cross, and, and the enemy thought, that's my victory. I finally got him. But when you hear he defeated death, hell, and the grave, that means it was over for the devil. He thought he had him. He said, hey, he's in there one day. He's in there two days. Three days, he was ready to celebrate with all his demons, and he got out of there. Amen? And because of that, when we think of the authority of Jesus Christ, Satan, the demonic forces, they threw everything at Jesus, and he still prevailed. There's nothing they threw at Jesus that can come close to anything the enemy can try to do to us. So if Jesus had the power in his mighty name to defeat that, and he says, hey, you guys can walk in that same authority and same power. Why are we walking in defeat? 
Why are we walking in worry? Why are we walking in doubt when that same power that raised Jesus from the dead can get us through any situation? And, 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 and one of the things about this walk is Jesus didn't make anybody a robot. You have to choose to walk in that power. You can choose to be a just I'm a get by Monday through Sunday Christian, or you can choose to be an overcomer and walk in power and victory. You can choose. Amen. You can choose to be that believer that when people see you, it's like, man, they don't ever have problems. Man, they, they stuff just perfect. Man, they don't, I don't even know if they work. <laughs> they never stress, like the car's never out of gas. It's just like, the kids don't cry. But how many of us know nobody lives like that? Nobody really has that, but you can walk in victory in a way where you're not faking it. You just know that there's power in the name of Jesus that I can tap into and that I might have a little struggle here or there, but I don't have to walk in it. I don't have to live in it. I don't have to be okay with it. Because the authority has been given to me in Jesus Christ. And it goes back to, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Can you go back to the time in your life where you know this was the day I got saved? This was the day that Jesus Christ changed my life. Didn't mean that you were perfect. Didn't mean you got all together. But can you go back to that day where your life changed? And can you think back? Don't think too long. Can you think back to where you were before you met Jesus? And if he could do that, he can change whatever situation you may be going through, you may have on the horizon that you don't even know, don't forget there's no greater power in Jesus Christ than him changing a life. So I want to go to this example. This is just a warning where you don't, you don't want to just take your pastor's word for it. You don't want to take anyone's word for it. You need to make sure you really believe this. Amen? So we're going to go to Acts chapter 19, verse 13. It says, then some of the ignorant Jewish exorcists, so they were, they were praying, trying to cast out demons their kind of way. It says, they took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. So they, they said, hey, man, I've seen, I've, seen, uh, I've seen Landon, I've seen Braden over there. They're casting out demons, doing this, doing that. They, hey, we go to church together. If they can do it, I can do it. That's, that's what these guys were doing. So they said, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they can say, hey, we, they're trying to cast out a demon in the Jesus that Pastor Blake preaches. They're trying to cast out demons in the Jesus that they heard Pastor Brian talk about. I'm trying to, they're trying to cast out demons in the faith that their grandma had. And let's see what happens. It says, not only was it them, it says it was seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest. So Pastor Mario's not here, and I know he likes to add a little bit to his stories. So for Pastor Mario's sake, I'm just I'm not going to add to it, but we don't know what these seven sons look like. So we're just going to picture these seven sons. They're all about landing size. <laughs> so these are strong dudes. They only had to, there's only one person they had to cast out the demon of. So if, if they struggle, they'll probably be able to throw that guy all over the place. It's, it's seven sons and the the other priest who was there. So they said, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? 
You don't want to be that person in your faith that you're trying to do something for God, but you're relying on somebody else's faith. And that demon or that problem says, you're trying to pray in the name of Jesus that your pastor preaches. You don't really believe that. It says, then the man whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. I'm not going to ask who wants to be that person. Amen. So when you walk in the authority, no, there's nothing in the Bible that says the apostle Paul was six foot ten and muscular and, and nothing says that. But he, had, he believed in the power and the authority in Jesus' name that he was casting out demons. He was doing all kinds of things for God because he believed. Amen? So as we get ready to close in a moment, I want to share a couple more verses. This is a verse we all know, especially being at this church, Victory World Outreach. We're an outreach church. We're all about evangelism, discipleship, church planning. For those that don't know, reach, teach. Send, we know we're all required to fulfill the Great Commission. So if we go to Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, how many times have we heard the word authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and in the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. How many, how many of us are familiar with that verse? Pretty much everybody in this place. Let's go back to verse 18 and see if we caught something. So before Jesus gives us the great commission that we're all supposed to fulfill, he, he gives us one quick reminder before he tells us what he needs us to do. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. How many of us live on earth? We got a couple of people. I know some young people are tired. I don't know where your mind is, but you're still on earth. Snapchat is still earth. You're on earth. Your phone is still on earth. So it says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And we continue. Now he says, go therefore and make disciples and of all the nations. So he wants us to go make disciples of all nations, but he, but he tells us, if you really want to do this, you have to tap into the authority in the name of Jesus that has been given in heaven and on earth. And then so he, he reminds us of that. Then he tells us what to do. And then in verse 20, it's a reminder because we get stubborn, we get hard-headed, we get in the flesh. So there's time where, man, I'm trying to fulfill what God wants me to do. But this happens and that happens and, and all these things happen. And he reminds us, he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. His spirit, the power that's in the name of Jesus, it's with him always. It's with us always, even to the end of the age. And maybe you're in this place and you, you were with me and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Then you, then you heard that, that story about those seven sons gotten beat up and thrown out naked and that kind of threw you off and you were like, Lord, I, I, I trust you, but I don't want to risk that. Well, I want to I wanna end on a positive note. How many know it's always good to end positive? End with hope. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, how many knew, and we'll have a short moment where 
you can answer. We we did this in Garland one time, and <laughs> we got some wild answers. And I said, "Hey, this is the last time I'm asking people questions." <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. So how many know how many disciples Jesus had? Does anybody know? You can say it. Twelve, right? Did you know about seventy? Look at this verse. It says then seventy. There weren't 70 disciples. There was 12. So there's 12. The disciples were the closest ones to Jesus Christ. But there was other people who followed Jesus. So maybe you're in this place and you're like, well, man, that, that power and authority and the name of Jesus, that's, that's for the ushers. Or that's for the people who open up in prayer. Or that's for the people who lead a ministry. The power that Jesus gives us is for all that believe. So it says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So if we go back, it didn't say, even John said it, even James said it, it just says the 70. They all came back. They couldn't wait to come back, said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In 18, it says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he says, behold, I give thee the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. So those are the demonic forces against your family. Those are the demonic forces that want to see you end in divorce. Those are the demonic forces that want to take control of your children. Those are the demonic forces that want to see you sick. And Jesus says, I give you the authority. It's not just the 70. He's giving every believer the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over some of the power of the enemy. All? All or some? Okay, I'm just checking. You know, I learned from pastor. He got to throw that in there, so I'm going to throw it in there. Amen. It says, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We'll leave it there. How many of us, when, when we first see a situation whether it's in, in our personal life, a thought. If you're in the flesh, nine times out of ten, your mind is always going to worst-case scenario. Oh, this is – sometimes the, the, it, the problem didn't even happen yet. It's just, like, oh, this looks like it's about to be a problem. So now I'm, oh, God, what am I going to do? Lord, I think that I'm just going to get mad like that does anything. Or, Lord, I'm just going to just think about this problem for, for 30 minutes. Lord, I'm just going to go to sleep and hope the problem will go away. How many of us take the authority that Jesus Christ has given us? How many of us pray that Jesus, you've already given It's not even something that we have to ask for. If you're a believer, it's in you. You just have to tap into it. He's given us the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing, as we continue. And this is, this is the, the beautiful part. Maybe you're just like, man, I've never gotten to that point. Does, does that make me a weak believer? Does that make me a this or does that make me that? It's, that's what we want to strive for. How many of us know that when you strive for something, that doesn't mean you always get there the next day. But he says, hey, Rejoice in this. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. How many are thankful that your name is written in heaven? Amen.
Amen. So about 50% of us, about 50%. I'm, I'm going to ask one more time. Like I said, he's given us the authority on heaven and earth. Remember, everybody, hey, we're still on earth. So how many want to rejoice because our names are written in heaven? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to share a, a short story. I remember it's probably a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, we had an outreach, and we went to some parks and neighborhoods in Garland, and I met two young people. Um, the girl was 17. The guy was 19. They were dating, and I just, and I think whenever I went over there, they were vaping or whatever that stuff is, and I said, I just asked them, hey, how you doing, and do you, do you believe, do you go to church, do you whatever, and he said, I'm an agnostic. And he was like, I believe that there's something, I just don't know who it is, whatever. And I asked the girl, I said, well, what about you? He said, well, my parents, they always go to church, and I, I always went to church, but I'm, I'm not sure what I believe anymore. And, and then the, the boyfriend chimes in, and he said, she's had a, a history of seizures. She has seizures all the time, and she just doesn't know. She just doesn't know if, if where is God at when, when I'm having seizures and, and this and that. So she had a lot of questions. And I just opened up and I shared my testimony. I shared how when my daughter was born and they, they got her off the breathing treatment and, and me and my wife, we relaxed for a second thinking, okay, we're good. How many know that when you have a child, you don't ever think there could be complications? And so we relaxed because she got off the breathing treatment. Then they say, hey, we're seeing signs of seizures. So I shared with her about, hey, my daughter has seizures and after three days, she never had them again, and this and this and that. I gave them a Jesus loves you wristband, and we we're, and were really talking. And they put all the stuff away, and they were really, they, they, I handed them the wristband, they put it on. They're listening. They're attentive. And then out of, out of nowhere, as we're talking, she, she starts having a seizure at that moment in the park. And I, and I looked at her boyfriend. I said, do you mind if I pray with her? He was like, go ahead. And how many know when people are desperate, they're looking for anything. You can go from agnostic to Jesus help me if you're real. And so I put, I put my hand on her shoulder and I prayed and I took authority in the name of Jesus Christ. I didn't pray, dear God, help her. How many of us know when we see people, whether it's in awards or whatever, people say, oh, I want to thank God. Well, who is that? God could be anybody in today's day and age. Nobody, nobody will get mad if you say God. But once you bring up the name of Jesus, that's when demons flee. That's when, that's when those who aren't right manifest. And you allow the Lord to deal with that person. You pray and you take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I didn't, I didn't go in and say, oh, Lord, help her. And, man, she had another seizure. And, God, I know you can do it. I said, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have given us the authority in your mighty name. It is by your stripes that we are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. How many of us get to the point and say, oh, it's by his stripes. But when you see somebody over there having a seizure and you know this is the only way that can help, I'm not a doctor. I guessed my way through biology. So I, I took authority in the name of Jesus Christ and I prayed, and I had belief. I didn't believe just because my pastor taught me. I believed because I had an experience and an encounter with God. And as I was praying, I was, I, was, I was praying, and I'm binding the devil and doing all this. And then I look, and she's 
She's looking around. Amen. And, and I know I, they ended up leaving. He was like, yeah, she's feeling a little weak. We're going to walk back home. And I told my wife that story. And, and I'm human. We can get in the flesh every now and then. So my flesh was just like, man, but they didn't get saved. Or, man, I didn't get to tell them the best part of my testimony. Because that, that might have got them to church. And she was like, that's just another sign that, that God is with us. Because when you're a believer, it says, these signs shall follow. So if we're a believer and we're not seeing some of these signs following, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, oh, God doesn't love you. It means that it's time to take authority and, the, and tap into the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we all bow our head and close our eyes in reverence to the Lord. Everyone in this place is, is blessed to be able to be in a, in a house like this in Denton where the, the truth is preached. Maybe you're in this place and, and you heard about authority and power in the name of Jesus Christ and, and you're looking at it and you're, you're saying, man, that's, that's awesome. I could use that. And maybe you're in this place and you're like, if you only knew what I'm going through and if God could do that for me, it, it, it would change my life. And I'm here to tell you, he can and he will do it for you when you surrender to him. I share, I share testimonies in the Bible. I share testimonies of, of things that happened in my life. There's nothing special about me. I got, I got saved in this place a little over nine years ago. I came in. As a, I don't know what you would call it. I grew up going to church. I didn't believe it was just a halfway head knowledge until I had an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed my life. That, that in the past, whenever I had issues, I had problems, the only thing I could think of to deal with it was alcohol or drugs or out of sight, out of mind. And it wasn't until I had the encounter with Jesus Christ that said, get rid of that stupid stuff. You don't need it. All you need is me, and all the power you need is in me. He didn't, he didn't say, hey, you, you got to get saved. You got to get some nice shirts and buy a tie and get a jacket. and do. He said, believe in me. Believe in the sacrifice I did. Repent. And if you're in this place and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, what you would like to in this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you in this place. If Jesus was to come back tonight for his church or tonight you were to breathe your last breath, do you know where you're going? Will you make heaven your home? And if that's you and you're not sure, I'd like to use this opportunity to pray for you. If you just lift up your hand and put it back down. Nobody looking, every head bowed, every eyes closed. And maybe you're in this place tonight and at one point you were walking with the Lord and you believed and you had faith and you prayed and you, and you walked in the authority in Jesus' name, but somewhere along the line you, you grew a little cold. And, and you're not at the point where you don't believe, but you know you're not where you used to be and you're not where you want to be. 
And if you're in this place and you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord, you want to walk in that power and the authority, if that's you, I'd like you to lift up your hand. I want to pray for you all over this place. And if we can all stand to our feet. And you can begin to make your way at the altars. The altars are open. And this, this is one of those messages that you can't, you can't let it be in one ear and out the other because this, this is what separates the believer. This is what shows us when, when people see tragedy and problems. This is what shows, hey, this is the difference from those who really truly want to stand with God and those who are just kind of here for the season. We want to be overcomers in this place tonight. Take this time to maybe maybe it's something else going on, something outside of the message that, that spoke to you or a situation. Let's just seek the Lord in prayer. Call out to God. Cry out to him in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.